Hey everyone, welcome to Project Esports for September 9th, 2019. I'm just going to say this right away. I'm so excited to get back into it because we missed last week's episode. The first episode we've missed as an entire podcast in maybe forever or at least a very long time. So it feels so good to be back. We have a lot to talk about. But um, most importantly, we have Drew coming back on from For the Wellness blog. He has been, yeah, it's been uh, a while since you've been on now, but it's going to be really fun to have you back on. But um, before we let you talk on and catch up with you a little bit, as always, my name is Andrew Nimsgren and I am going to be your host. I am struggling with the intro a little bit because I'm just so excited to be talking again. And alongside me, I have Dylan Beal. So how are you guys doing today? Lovely. Doing good. Better than last week? Yeah, you were yeah. sick last week. I was very sick and that's the only reason why we couldn't do it because it's been, I don't, I, I want to stress this. It's been two years since we, we missed an episode. Is that actually true that we've never canceled? I don't know. I feel like we created cancel for Christmas or something one of these times. Okay, well, we didn't cancel for Christmas. We told everyone beforehand we aren't going to do an episode on Christmas. That's true. That's so true. I don't count that. But we never missed an episode in like two years. So but I, I had a, a little sad. I'm a little sad because I had a bunch of birthday stuff at it. I had a stream effect that I was going to play for your birthday, all that. It was Dylan's birthday last week on Tuesday. He was sick the night before. So a late happy birthday to you, Dylan. Thank you. Uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter for my quarter life crisis. It's going to come soon. It's going to be uh, hilarious to watch on everyone else's end, but terrible on mine. But, and then again, like I said, we do have Drew with us again. So, yeah, we were talking a little bit about the pre-show, but, yeah, so first off, catch everyone else, for those that didn't catch the last episode, of what For the Wellness is, and then a little bit about yourself, kind of what you're doing in esports and all that. So, For the Wellness, uh, it's a blog, um, and I'm going to start branching out and doing some other stuff, <laughs> um, but basically, it's a spot where gamers, you know, esports athletes, streamers, uh, and desk workers can have a space for them to basically say, I have back pain, what is it, what's happening, what can I do? I have carpal tunnel-like syndromes, you know, what can I do? Um, so it just provides a resource and goes over mental health, ergonomics, uh, conditions. I've done some ones on essential oils. So it's, it's <laughs> just a bunch of topics, but it also always kind of comes back to gaming uh, and, you know, office-type dynamics and how you can improve that. Um, that's basically it. But in the meantime, I think I was in, on like mid-July. Sometime right? around there. I don't remember exactly when, but yeah. Uh, since then, I've launched, uh, partnered with two different companies. One is Raynor Gaming. They do um, gaming chairs for NBA 2K um, and for everybody, obviously, but their main sponsor is NBA 2K. Um, and I've worked heavily with Cavs Legion, so that's, that uh, partnership was good. For that obviously because i got to test drive the chairs before i kind of partnered with them so it wasn't like i'm sitting in a lawn chair <laughs> that's partner you know so it, it was something that i actually you know really like and really enjoy and that's kind of what i do with my blog as well like i'm not going to just partner with someone um so it i love their chairs obviously prior and then um what else is there oh and then digma uh does keyboards um and does a really cool ergonomic keyboard split keyboard that's coming out soon and so, um, yeah, I will be partnering with those guys, doing some consulting with those guys, and helping with some design and some future projects they got going on. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's and awesome. again, we did link that in um, the uh, 
oh my god the twitch channel i'm struggling so much and we'll have that in the podcast description to recap all that so you can go check that out he's doing some really cool stuff and something that a lot of people aren't really focusing on i've seen a couple of people kind of start focusing a little bit more on the kind of the health side and the wellness side of esports but there's still not many people doing it so you are doing something that a lot of people need and because of you i still don't sit on my feet as much as i want to i'll sit on it then i remember your lecture on twitter your lecture on twitter and i don't do that anymore so it's uh getting better but um with that let's jump into this week's news because a lot of you guys are here to listen to us talk about esports because this is project esports where each and every week we come together to talk about the biggest news topics stories whatever we want in esports give you guys a little bit of context on them and of course give our opinions on it um we usually do honorable mentions at the end of the show but we wanted to kind of do just kind of a quick news section with Dylan here that we want to have a space to talk about, but we're not going to go super in-depth about the story. So it's kind of an awkward little gap, but they're big enough to make the main show. So Dylan, what do you got for us? It's, it's not an awkward gap. It's like a sandwich. You know, sure. I was going to have some nice quick news to liven people up, get them into the news spirit, getting ready uh, to get them some information. And we kind of closed out with some light news. So, um, And I also want to talk about this because this was very... Uh, hit very close to home for us this week because uh blizzard had a very. huge ddos attack um which took down um wow servers and overwatch servers we're good looks like yeah we're, we're, we're good now <laughs> um but yeah so it hit it hit wow servers and overwatch servers um it was definitely like an intended attack by someone um basically just trying to like be goobers and have people <laughs> get really upset um and it also hit twitch servers too um, so there was a couple uh, Twitch and Wikipedia like, the day before as well. Yeah. So the way like Twitch works is that whenever you're hosting uh, like a stream, it's like hosted on a different uh, server at different points, um, like like around the U.S. And I think it was Twitch West went down. So a couple of the big streamers who were on that, their their stuff ended up going down. Yeah. I I mean, so I I really don't know how this whole process works. Um, but from what I've picked up is that it's not Blizzard's fault. Like there's really nothing they can really do to prevent this. Like this is just something that is really unpreventable if someone tries do, hard enough. Do you want me to explain how it works? I mean, if you want to do like a, way. yeah, a quick yeah, 30 a qu second. Yeah, yeah. A quick way to yeah. do it is that like, imagine a pizza shop, right? And they have like a couple telephones and you know, they have like hundred or 300 calls a day, right? Mm -hmm. These people can crank through that. You call, they get the order, they hang up. They're like, all right, make the order. Perfect. Right. This is like someone made like a hundred thousand prank phone calls to the pizza shop and it would keep the person on the line for a very long time. And then they would eventually hang up. And as soon as they do call back another here. call would come in from the prank and they would answer it. And so there was so many prank phone calls that you can't actually get through like the, the regular users, like the regular uh, pizza uh, connoisseurs couldn't get through. But why does so that, that put like, like why would that knock servers out though? Just because it, it's like an it overload? Yes. It, so basically whenever you're trying to get on, there's no space for you to get your call through. Okay. But like yeah. literally like on the wild servers, it would say offline, like the entire server went down. Is that a little different that just was he was doing that as well? Or how does that it's 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 a part of that. So it doesn't literally take the server down. It just overloads it, and like part of the process of that whole thing is like it's gonna have to go down. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that helps a little bit, but I don't know. <laughs> it's I mean, it's a shitty thing. I know the last time that someone did this, they went to jail. That group of them went to jail, and I think they've already somewhat have an idea of who this is. So I think it's only a matter of time before he's kind of caught. But 
I was so upset. I mean, I have a serious WoW addiction. I didn't get to talk about it last week, which I'm starting to break. But having the servers be down over the weekend was something that was just driving me crazy. Yeah, I think it was good. I did some research on it, and I think one of the big things that I liked about it was uh, they were updating on Twitter, mm-hmm. which was huge because I always is always am so appreciative of Xbox Live will do that too. And updating on Twitter and having that transparency is huge uh, for gamers because if it just goes down, you're like, well, now what? And I, I think a really terrible example of it is Anthem and how, I mean, terrible that game was. Yeah. I was so excited for it and there was no transparency. Like, all right, we're fixing it. We're doing this. And it was in, so you just, you lose faith in them and then you just say, screw it. I'm not going to play, you know? Yeah. So um, I really like that transparency that they were, you know, that they're keeping up with on Twitter. And then the other thing they said in there, which I thought was really cool, was they basically said, you know, look, we're not going to give the attackers recognition, which kind of the whole point that they wanted, you know, the attacker wants is to have their, you know, kind of group say, oh, we took down Warcraft. Well, now you don't get the recognition. Yeah. I think that'll help deter a lot of future attacks, which um, obviously is awesome because I don't know, like if someone is a hacker, they probably play PC and they probably play video games. So basically you're just like, hurting your fellow gamers and now you're not getting recognition so i hope that would deter more people because it just i mean i don't know like people do that to xbox live servers and you're just like why like cool you hacked it you just ruined everyone's you know friday night because i was going to play friday night and xbox live and i was like cool yeah you know so it just you just ruined everyone's night it's just like come on so i'm really glad they're not giving recognition for it i think that'll hopefully like i said deter in the future yeah i mean i think blizzard handled it the best they can i mean of course, people are still unhappy online, but that's just the internet, and Blizzard did what they could. They handled yeah. it. Servers seem fine now. So, yeah, it's a little thing to bring up, but I, I'm curious. I think by the end of the month, we'll probably see a report of Blank goes to jail for... I mean, because you got to think, they now have Blizzard Activision, Wikipedia, and Amazon all after them because they've taken down all three of those websites. So all three of them want to find that's this person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you mess with Amazon and... Uh, blizzard like you're gonna be you're gonna be hearing from it from someone so it's i think it's only a matter of time so yeah i'm glad i'm glad it's done and hopefully they kind of recover and we don't have to worry about this again for a while yeah and then and dylan so the other yep bit of, yep i had another bit of news so these are both like esports adjacent right so i think they're pretty okay to talk about but smash just had a huge update um smash is definitely writing like a really awesome wave you know especially after evo everyone's loving the game everyone's enjoying it for the most part um but they just released the next uh couple like dlc uh characters that they announced uh, my boy terry was going to be in it uh, from fatal fury which is like Ooh. for the old boys it's fatal fury dude don't don't who me he's <laughs> sick he's awesome he beats people up um fatal fury very good game you should check it out um it's a snk game uh, they make other fighting games, and they make a ton of games out there. Uh, so I definitely go check that out and, and, and look into that. This is very cool. It's for all, all the old boys out there. Um, and then they also released a bunch of skins uh, for a couple different characters. Uh, so like people are kind of in the game as like like a, like a, like different skins. And I think the one oh is, I didn't catch that. Which were these? Yeah. So there was a couple out there, but I think there's one that's the most notable. Um, this is a meme probably like uh, about five years in the making now um sans from from undertale finally in the game big big meme uh it, it's it's been you know like uh people have been memeing on it since like 2015 now 
and so like the fact that he's like in the game what's he like, a skin for um the villager the shooter, i think no 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 one of the me's he's for one of the me's oh okay so yeah he's one. just a me skin interesting yeah yeah um but i think it's really cool because like they put like music from undertale in there too and it's a cool way to put characters in the game that normally like don't really have a reason to be in there um but the cast is huge now and there's like a sick soundtrack for the game it's it's like the soundtrack for smash now it's just like all right video games greatest hits let's go yeah and banjo kazooie uh was announced on that on nine four that he is now playable um i finally just watched direct today um but i need to update my switch i want to try him out because who knows i might need to get real familiar with banjo kazooie soon oh yeah yeah you will (laughs) but um yeah i i think this is super cool like i i thought sans was a natural playable character like uh, an actual new character now he's a playable character but i thought it was a new yeah. one so i went back and just saw terry i was a little bit confused so i wanted to ask kind of how that was going to work but that he's a skin and that there's other ones it's all really cool i think it's a really good way to bring people in like i love the echo fighter kind of idea that it's just like oh we don't really have to change anything besides the look like it's the exact same player but you can play as your favorite character but i don't know well, i, I well not terry terry's a new no character. terry's a new character but all the other oh, ones yeah. like sans and other ones but come on there are so many rumors for other people being in this game that would have been I 10 times it, yeah. better tracer was a rumor that was a rumor going around around the release of overwatch which is now on the switch we'll talk about that later um there's also talk of edelgard from the new nintendo uh new fire emblem being in there but the biggest part is there's still one more character and they've announced that there's going to be more full dlc characters coming so it's super cool we might still get those people in the future how many total characters they got in there now I have no idea what the total number is anymore. It was like 70-something to start. Because they they have a ton. They have the DLC. They have, like, the Echo characters. um, And then they have, like, the skins and stuff. It's it's crazy how many characters are in there right now. That's nuts. I I played Smash a ton on 64 and GameCube. But I haven't really touched it since GameCube. And I know, obviously, the Smash community still plays a ton on GameCube. But I haven't played it in a while. I just remember, like, N64 nostalgia. This is the one that got a lot of people to go from the GameCube version to this version. A lot of them have been like skipping over the new ones, but this one is like good. the consensus is this is like a good smash. This is like a good smash to get on board with. I've really enjoyed my time. I mean, that's it. probably really good for the community as well. Just to yeah. instead of having it split on multi platforms, just come know, together. Having it, yeah, come together. Friendship. It sounds a lot like what I said a little bit back, <laughs> uh, Dylan, doesn't that? Is that still a bad take? That was something you want to say to us? No, I, I don't remember what your take was, but it was terrible. You have the worst. <laughs> it was definitely not that good. It was something n- not even close. But, um, yeah, so I, I I mean, we'll get a little bit more into that Nintendo Direct kind of later on. But is there anything about the actual Smash characters we want to talk about? Or do we want to just kind of move on to the rest because yeah. we've got a lot to talk yes. about? Yeah. Okay. Um, Terry is also known uh, for uh, King of Fighters. He was also in that game king of fighters rules it's very good it's a it's a fighting game i think i talked about it during a little evo probably um excursion um but it's definitely a fighting game that's super overlooked and it also falls into um like the the realm of esports that i think gears of war does of where it's super popular um in latin america it's like one of those like esports that like has a huge community in just a different region than ours and it's it's really cool and i I know a lot of people have been getting super hyped because of that it's a very hard game. It, it, King of Fighters is incredibly hard. Don't play it. It's too hard. 
<laughs> I, I'm bad at it. But okay, well, that's a great review of that game. I guess I don't know whatever you want to call that. <laughs> but no, good game to watch. Good game to watch. Good to know. Um, but yeah, let's kind of move into the other things because we have Call of Duty, we have League of Legends, we have Overwatch. We have so much to talk about today. So I want to kind of start with a little bit of a league rundown and then move into an actual story that we want to talk about a little bit more. But so first off, for those of you that don't know, um, the gauntlet for uh, LCS went down this last weekend and LEC decided on their final um, teams there. So now the entire uh, bracket, not bracket, but the entire um, amount of teams that are going to be playing at Worlds starting at the end of, no, at the beginning of next month is now set. I am incredibly hyped. There were some really, really good games this last weekend. I know neither one of you could talk about it with me, but there was a reverse sweep. Clutch Gaming looked absolutely amazing. So much good League of Legends was played this last weekend. So if you are a League of Legends fan and you have not missed it, even if you know the reviews already, I definitely recommend the Clutch versus TSM game. It was absolutely so much fun to watch. So again, I keep saying, oh, this was my, one of my favorite games to watch. Well, it just keeps getting better because Clutch is so fun to watch. So go back and watch League of Legends. It's going to be so hype. And me and James will be talking about Worlds so much when it comes around because it is only a month away and it's... It's my favorite time. Yeah, watching Worlds. Like I love watching Worlds. Uh, I used I actually the one team I do love watching is G two just because G two is one of my favorite as well. I know I love yeah because they're exciting. They do stuff that's you know that's not meta. I think every single person played Pike. Yep. um, Which is super cool. So I really like that aspect of them. But when Worlds hits, like I'll be watching Worlds while I'm doing patient notes for sure. There's no question about that. It's really fun to watch. Um, and just so hyped. Is it in, where's it at? It's in, um, it is in China this year. So I thought, so. No, 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 no. It's in Paris this year. I, I'm sorry. It's in all Europe uh, this year. That, China was last year? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I went, it's a difference like six hours. So it won't yes. be too bad. So it's not as bad as last year, but still, it'll still be one of the few things that gets me up at four in the morning to actually do something. Oh. So, but yeah. it'll be good. I'll, I'm so excited. I'll rain check it until later. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I guess kind of moving into the next thing is we usually don't talk about actual like team pickups and all that kind of stuff unless they're really big. And this is just kind of an interesting one, which is more why I want to talk about this. But um, 100 Thieves hires Papa Smithy as their League of Legends GM. So again, teams picking up a new GM, all that isn't super unique or anything kind of like that. But as far as I know, this is one of the first times we've seen a caster kind of go from being an actual caster over he was from the lck to kind of being in kind of a more leadership role isn't that right kind of dylan yeah and i i think that's a huge thing to know and then also i i want to open this up for a discussion because um i saw on twitter that a lot of people were talking about there's no real upward mobility for casters like you go and you're you're a good caster but like you're a good caster right you're you're just a good caster like like what happens after that point and um a a thing to note is some of them um like papa smith each are just you know just be a gm like you'd move move like diagonally up there's an upward movement but it's like over to like a different area a little bit so i I thought that was really interesting yeah no i i really like it and i guess drew you can go on a little bit too i have a little bit of point of me but you can go on i want to hear what you think yeah i mean when i saw that like i I don't know. Like I'm, I love everything 100 Thieves, and I have since Nate Chop made that first uh, video. I mean, just just the stuff they're doing is really cool to see. Um, and how bad 100 Thieves struggled. Like I loved 100 Thieves when they came out, and then this year it was brutal. 
I watched Spring Split. I didn't watch hardly any Summer Split because, I mean, where they finished last, and I think, 8 out of 10. So it was really brutal. And, like, when, you, when you're struggling like that, I think it's really good to have an outside perspective rather than someone that's just kind of been in the, you know, been in the coaching culture and been a player and been in that. And, and that's great. But sometimes when a business is, is kind of stagnant or struggling, I think it's really important for someone to bring in some fresh perspective. I mean, the, and he has ton of, it's not like it's a, you know, it's some dude off the street, right? It's, it's someone that um, knows so much about the game and has such great insight and just the depth of knowledge is insane, but it's a different perspective. And I think that will help in an organization significantly just to change things up because obviously what they were doing isn't working. Yeah. And I think having that, you know, kind of outside perspective, I think that's, it was a really cool move. And I was really excited to see that because like you said, you either like you're a caster, you either go back into riot and help with dev team, or you go in and do like a balancing team or, you know, you just kind of hang out. You know, and so it's really cool to see something uh, like a GM being available to casters rather than just kind of going back into Riot and going out of Riot and going back in. So yeah. I thought that was really cool. I was really happy on that move and hopefully it can make some big changes for them. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I'm not going to pretend that I have a lot of experience or really knowing who Papa Smith Smithy is. I didn't watch the LCK a lot going, uh, growing up or even these cap couple of years, and that's really, really from. But I still respect of what casters do, and I think a lot of people forget – really how well they understand the game. I mean, to be a very good professional caster, you have to kind of know the game inside and out. You have to kind of be able to predict what teams are going to be doing based on past experiences and watching and your casting history with them and just understanding based on the team that you have what their best chance is. I mean, there's a number of times that I'm watching a game and the casters kind of predict the outcome of what's going to happen three, four minutes down the road just because of the history. It always kind of blows me away and always makes me respect casters when they make those really good calls about how it's going to happen or what this team comp means for them. And kind of, I think a lot of people forget that, especially I'd say I'm a little bit more on the casual end of League of Legends still. So, but even that I understand that. So obviously I'm sure people that even know more about Papa Smithy and all that really see how much he's going to bring to 100 Thieves. And, and I'm a big 100 Thieves fan too. So I really hope this is something that kind of brings him around. But yeah, I love the idea of a caster going somewhere besides Riot or just kind of becoming yeah. a personality for something else. And it's kind of, it's a really cool move. And I really hope it works out because that opens up the doors for casters to move in a lot of other positions. I mean, it's not like that door is really ever closed but that doesn't happen a ton. So seeing them come in and maybe have a great year next year could really kind of change it up. Yeah. I think the thing I think respect about most about casters in is when there's a huge team fight, they're calling out every single character's moves by the name, right? It's not just the Q, the, the W, the E and that blows my mind. Like, and they're able they to tell all those moves. Yeah. And they just, and yeah, like when it's just tons of AOE going off and, and, you know, you're getting so many different um, your spells getting thrown thrown in there, and you're just like, how do they remember all these names? That's like the name of the movie. That's insane. Like, yeah, it's amazing. Well, it's also the fact that, uh, like, if, to me, it's like, oh, this team, uh, hundred thieves is one hundred percent going to win this fight. But the caster's kind of saying, like, no, like it's still a chance. Like he he can kind of predict what's coming, and that he's not looking at what's going on, but just knowing the cooldowns, knowing what's coming, what's been used, and like I said. They're able to call out all those moves by name, but they also kind of know the general cooldowns. They know what's been used, what's yeah. left, and yeah. it's it's just unbelievable to me how well they know the game, and it really makes me feel like I really do belong in silver where I am. <laughs> 
But yeah, I guess, yeah. So anything else, League of Legends or Papa Smithy or anything else that we really want to kind of talk about, I think it's a really cool move, and I think it was definitely worthy of going up. I think this might have happened last week, but we're kind of doing new stories from this week and last week just because we did miss the previous episode. But do you guys have anything else you wanted to bring up? No. No? So yeah, so again, I, I want to kind of stay in 100 Thieves, and it'll kind of move into a bigger conversation, but... So it's now official. It was this would have been on the last week's episode, but 100 Thieves will not be participating in the new Call of Duty League when they're franchising. They said that it's just not going to be worth it and um, worth the money, the amount of money that they have to put in. And two, they're already building the 100 Thieves brand, and you're not allowed to use your brand name for the Call of Duty World League. So they thought it felt it wasn't worth it to try to build a secondary brand while still trying to grow in the first one. And then following up with that announcement, like pretty much I think the very next day, they announced that they're instead moving into CSGO. So I I guess it's not as much about 100 Thieves, but it's more about the fact that I don't think there is a team that people kind of think of when it's Call of Duty more besides 100 Thieves, Optic, uh, complexity. I mean, there's only a couple of teams that people really think of when they think of Call of Duty. And 100 Thieves is probably one of them right now. I mean, they just won the World Championship for Call of Duty. And they're not participating in the Call of Duty League. Are you guys starting to worry about this at this point? Yes and no at the same time. So, um, I, I'm not super worried because it's not 100 Thieves saw this and they're like, you know, this is like, this isn't worth it or whatever. It's not worth it to them. I still think it's worth it to a lot of other teams. And I think some teams might want to invest into it. Um, but for 100 Thieves, it's just not good because they're, they are their brand. Like, that's their whole thing is like, first and foremost, they're a brand. They want to sell merch. They want to sell their brand. The games always do come second. They're hand in hand, but they always do come second. So I think that's a major reason why they're taking this back seat a little bit. But I mean, with Overwatch League being huge and, you know, obviously doing well, I think this model is a good thing. And I think other people want to jump on the model. Um, I think it's just a matter of time. Um, I mean, the, the the price point might be a little bit too high, but. I I don't know, Drew. I, I, want, I want to hear what you think about this before I kind of go into it. Because honestly, I am worried about it at this point. Yeah, so my thing is, is I played a ton of Modern Warfare 2 and Black Ops, and then I quit watching Call of Duty, quit playing Call of Duty. And since the 100 Thieves got into the Call of Duty League and started playing and started winning, I got right back into watching Call, you know, pro Call of Duty. And I, I never streamed and never watched it at all, but they got me back into it. And so having them not in there, I think, you know, for me personally, like it brought casuals into the scene, right? And having those guys, I don't think, I think Gen G is not doing it either. Um, yes, and I, that was. I was trying to think. There's a one yeah, other big team that confirmed yeah, they were they're not, not going to do it, and then Optic's obviously not in it either. So well, Optic is in it. Well, Immortals, I guess, but it's Immortal, Optic. but it's still the Optic brand. Yeah, yeah but it's just like it's not Optic, Optic you know, and it. it's not like Greenwall. So I was, you know, that kind of dismayed with that. I am super excited about geolocation though, because it's nice for all of us not on the West Coast to have teams over by us like if Cleveland got one I would be ecstatic and that'd be awesome to have but you know geolocation uh, I think is massive and I'm really excited because Minnesota is getting one which obviously yes. I'm, from, I'm from Minnesota so I'm super stoked and it's the Vikings 
team, so I'm even more excited about so it. So um, I don't think they're actually are they actually tied with the Vikings? So they said so the company that owns or the team that owns the Vikings is owning the Call of Duty, but they said in an interview it's gonna be like if you're a Vikings fan, you're gonna love it because it'll yeah. have elements. If you're not a Vikings fan though, you're not gonna be annoyed by it. So obviously Packers fans won't be annoyed by it. So which having Packers fans annoyed is always fun. But okay. that's another you're, that's you're another talking that's one another, right here. But that, that that's is another, that's a different story. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really excited and I think the only thing that concerns me as well is that, you know, Hundred Thieves that want to do it because um, and I I've heard this from a couple different people is that the investors are like, look, you know, we've, you know, my take on it is like the investors are finally like, all right, we probably should not be spending 25 mil on another slot. And you, Dylan, you made a really good point as far as not, you know, the brand is everything. So if we can't, ex- you know, expand that brand and it's going to be behind some city, it's not really worth it, especially at 25 mil. Like, I think that is just an astronomical number for the return. And I don't think that return is coming back five years even might not even you know maybe a 10 but it's not coming back soon and so i think it was smart by the investors to just say like look we're not gonna be able to expand this is a huge price tag we are building you know for 100 these especially we're building this huge facility let's focus on this let's focus on the brand and grow that where they can still transition like we talked about to csgo which is huge right um, so I think that was smart on their part. And I know it kind of sucks for Nate shot and, and a bunch of the guys because they were obviously called duty players, but I think it's a smart move, honestly, by them. And I think it's way too high of a price for Blizzard. And I think it's kind of dumb on their part because geolocation will bring some casuals in, but I think hundred thieves and brands like that will bring in more casuals. Um, cause I know it, it worked for me. So, yeah. Your, your, your last point is exactly what I wanted to get into and, and why I'm starting to be worried about this is that Blizzard, if Blizzard isn't cutting corners to make sure that historic teams or teams with history or that do very well, like Gen G, like 100 Thieves, if they're not finding ways to make sure that these big name Call of Duty teams right now are getting into this league, they're doing it wrong. If they are not, I mean, People, I mean, okay, Optic's going to be in there, but again, no Optic fans are really behind this team. This isn't Optic anymore. Yeah. I mean, the, the forcing of a unique brand in this situation, I don't think is going to work for them. I think it works. Disagree. Well, let me finish my point. I don't care what you think right now. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think that Call of Duty is something that's so much more historic. Call of Duty's been around for so much longer and that there are so many big name teams here that are so developed. I mean, Phase Clan, Optic. I mean, there's just so many teams you can think of when you think back about the history of Call of Duty. I mean, Call of Duty is one of the earliest kind of esports that hit casuals and that people would know the sniping clans, the competitive Call of Duty, all that kind of stuff. That was some of my first interactions. And they're not making sure that these brands are getting into and using their names because they want to follow the same system as Overwatch League. I don't agree with that and i think it's going to hurt in a genre that i feel is going to rely on casuals much much heavier than the overwatch league i feel like i feel like the roles are totally reversed right now i feel like big business andrew right now because i think it's no this is bad big business no 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 i think it's okay like okay i think it shouldn't be this way i think that uh you know you should have the teams represented and all that but I mean, if you look at what's going on, right? 
It's owned by Activision, big company. They want to lay out something as big as the Overwatch League teams. Yes. He, I mean, FaZe and, 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 and Optic and stuff, they're, they're all right, but that's not what they want to be building this into. They want to be building it into the big city-based teams that, frankly, you could really only afford if you're part of a like a sports team or like a sports conglomerate, really. So they do want, you know, brands like uh like like the Vikings, or whatever, to get into it because they they that's what they want. They they, they they don't want like like inherent they in, don't inherently want like phase they don't want be, historic esports team in no, it. They no, care no, more I, about the money. No, no, it's not about the money though. It's about building this. Well. Ultimately, it's always about the money because it's capitalism yeah. and, and terrible. But like, what they want to do is, <laughs> it's about the money, but also they want it about the size. They don't want it to be huge like Optic. They want it to be huge like the Vikings or yes. huge like the Philadelphia Eagles. Huge. Like, I'm that's, that's, fine that's with that, but you are turning away Gen G, and you're turning away Hundred Thieves. I mean, Gen G is one thing. Gen G is a historic team that's done extremely well as well, but. A hundred thieves has turned off company that didn't exist in esports two years ago into a company worth probably close to a hundred million dollars now in two years based off of their investments and the rounds of investing. Those are the kind of teams you want. You need to, yes, also bring the Vikings in. I agree with that. But the Overwatch League, the LCS, also made sure to bring in the historic teams that bring in the hardcore fans because no, no one's one, going to care about the no teams. No one looks at the teams really that much. I mean, when most of the Overwatch League, uh, like like fans look at the teams, they don't go, "Oh, it's it's you know it's a uh, it's Cloud Nine." And like they yeah, don't say that. It's London. That. Like yeah. like they don't do like there are some diehard fans out there that make that association, but most don't because they're not going after the optic fans. Because if you really like, if you really are into Call of Duty, you're gonna watch this regardless. They're not going after that because I guarantee you, the the amount of fans that are, are fans of like um like uh, Gen G, pale into the comparison of fans that are of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, you but know? you can still be the Minnesota Hundred Thieves or something like that. Like you can still bring the brands together. Like the separating of the brands, you can still be a global team. You can still have a slot in. Chicago in wherever and have your old existing brand. Not but, in you know, yeah, so so uh, like Dylan said earlier, like I think Hundred Thieves especially like it's the brand brand. But I also get what you're saying as far as the you know they're trying to make it. They want you know everyone in the esports you know community wants esports to be bigger, right? Wants to be more you know more mainstream more talked about in households and everyone you know families know players names and i think doing the geolocation really will help that aspect but um it's, it's tough because i want it mainstream i think you know obviously we all want it mainstream but at the same time you lose those historic brands and i just can't get over like the price like the quick money grab that they're trying to do and like such a high barrier to entry i don't think is good either like it doesn't need to be 25 mil like that's insane i think you know oh what was league league of legends was like 10 mil i think and i don't know i feel like it's oh <laughs> both the guys keep coming and joy leaving goddamn yeah, well mine keeps freezing so yeah i don't know what this this mac we're life good. we're good now yeah um but yeah i don't know it's tough i think we're all just kind of like split on it like 
I yeah. like it, but I like this aspect, but I don't like this aspect. And yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree with you, Andrew, that this isn't how it should be. I 100% agree. I think it should be because, because well, first of all, 100 Thieves is a very small crew. And I think to get something like one of these teams really going, you need like uh, like an insane infrastructure. But what I what I think is I would really like to see small teams. I love to see small teams in esports that do really well, that pay their employees super well, that yeah. operate low to the ground and are very grassroots. I love that because it creates like, like the amount of money you're putting in per fan um, that you have is like incredibly good. And a lot of these really big teams like the Overwatch League are putting in millions of dollars and like they have a lot of fans, but like losing millions. Yeah, they're also <sighs> losing millions because yeah. I don't think esports on that level right now is sustainable. I don't think no. I think everyone realizes it's not sustainable yeah. at all. Hundred Thieves is actually super sustainable, but a lot of the Overwatch League teams, if they keep operating like this and don't see a huge growth, not sustainable at all. And I think the same thing for the Call of Duty League. I, I inherently don't think it's going to be sustainable at all unless maybe they tap into these really big teams and they really, really shoot for it. I don't think they should be, but I know what they're doing. I realize why they're going for, you know, th like teams like the Vikings and not 100 Thieves inherently. I, yeah. I I would love to keep talking about this, but I think we're going to have to put a pin into it at this point because we are 40 minutes into the show already and not even to the halfway mark yet. So we should really... The other stuff is short. Yeah, it's short, but we've been on this for a good chunk of time, and I and I think we're not going to come to agreement on this. I think it's kind of fundamentally different of what we want to see and what we think is going to make this league survive, and that is a three-hour discussion that I could go oh, into. This league is not going to survive. It's not going to survive. I don't feel confident either at this point. But I'm sad. <laughs> I want it to be. I want it to be, but I don't. Um, Dylan, that's. Let's jump over to the kind of ESL Pro League a little bit. I'm I'm curious to hear about that. I didn't do any research on this, so I'm kind of curious to actually. I mean, hear like, more about this. Just, I would. It's it's just talk about big business and how it's always terrible. I guess. Um, so ESL is recently um, getting basically super exclusive with CS:GO right now, um, and they want to start up a pro league for CS:GO, but the catch is they don't want any of the teams to play in anything else. Which, I mean, if you think about like, it, like Overwatch League. Anything else? What no. Means, I was going to ask, does that mean like Starlight or stuff? Does that mean, is that part of is that part They of don't want them to play in any tournaments. Like this is what, think about the Overwatch League, basically. Like okay. that's what they want. They okay. want like exclusively, this is what you're doing during so the SL So they're paying for League. franchising then too? Or is that not? Yeah. I don't, I don't, that's not on the, like franchising like that. I don't think inherently is on the table. Yeah. So like the scale is way different. Um, which makes it very weird. So it's not as sustainable is... as the Overwatch League or something like that. That there's not as much uh, money involved. I mean, there is a lot of money involved. Uh, can you just I mean, lay out it's, lay it's out a little the... bit more of the details if you can for us? I mean, that is the details. I mean, they're starting up a league. They, okay. they, they are. They're starting up a league, okay. and they want to bring people into from from the CS:GO okay. uh, community. So all the major teams, they want to bring them in, and they go, okay, during this league. You're gonna play the games in our league and nothing else. Okay. Now it is going to feed into other stuff. Um, so like, you know how DreamHack is within that kind of sphere of the the ESL. Yep. There's that's still gonna happen. Like tournaments like that are gonna happen, but it's gonna be like one big boy, one one big long boy that just feeds into each other. So normally, like CS:GO teams, I would say it's very like, um. 
you play in a bunch of different stuff, right? You play in a bunch of different tournaments. Like you're, you're going around to a bunch of different places for your games. And it, it resembles something a lot more like fighting games where you're entering a lot of different tournaments from different organizations rather than the Overwatch League of where you're playing in the Overwatch League and that's kind of all you do. So yeah. this is very weird. And what makes this a lot more complicated is that there's like millions of dollars kind of on the line for this. Yep. Um, I think the first this first iteration is like like going to be a five million dollar thing, which for 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 Counter Strike is big. It's like a lot of money for Counter Strike. I mean, I, I have I, I don't see where it's weird or why you you're not a fan of it. I mean, if it's sustainable, if they can play enough games, if it's helpful for the brand and it could pay for all the bills, I see no problem with this existing. Well, because there's I other think... stuff going on as well. Like there's yeah. other tournaments that now like they're like, hey, here's this really big like league that you could play in that isn't owned by Valve or anything. It's it's owned by ESL, and it's kind of worth it a little bit, but you can't p play in anything else. So like you can't play in the Face It tournaments. You can't. Is play there any guaranteed any money? Not that it's been reported. Okay. But but still, even if it was guaranteed money, I think it's a bad thing because it's not like Valve owns ESL. Like no. this is just, it, it's like if a random company came in and said, "Here's a huge tournament that's a ton of money, but none of the other small companies can do anything else." That's bad. That's not good. Yeah, I, I feel like, like you said, I feel like if you get another tournaments and you can't, and it's an outside player coming in saying, "This is what's going to happen. We want all the big teams come in now." And you got to think about it from those other small tournament perspectives. Like they're just like, all right, well now we're screwed because you know we're not going to get nearly you know the amount of of viewers or the you know the the, bet the best teams coming into our tournament because the best teams are going to play with larger ESL. So now we're taking a backseat, like a really far backseat to everything. And and you got to look at it from those guys' perspective. And and yes, it's once again like. You know, the bigger companies are chewing up with smaller companies, uh, and consolidation is going to be really good in esports eventually, especially for teams and orgs. But I think, as far as leagues, I don't think it's that good for leagues. You know, I think having diversity and having it all over uh, the world is going to be much better than have. So, consolidation in that aspect, I don't think it's going to be good. Consolidation for you know, esports teams eventually is, is much needed, but not in tournament aspect, I don't think. And just to give a little bit more context, this this isn't like a new, like inherently a new league though. Like it's new in the aspect of they're saying this is exclusive, so this is definitely a new form of it. But before they were they they had this, they had this already, and it was fine. Yeah. But they kind of just like revamped it a little bit, and they slid in the little thing of like, hey, by the way, you can't play in any other any other leagues or anything <laughs> while you're while you're while you're playing in yeah. this. You so, can't play with any other friends. Yeah. I mean, just like yeah. any of the other stuff ESL has done, like they keep doing these revamps to a lot of their stuff. I mean, we spent like how many weeks like like bashing on them for going to Facebook yep. exclusively and stuff, and, and and that's what they're trying to do is they they make these like weird revamps of where like they have cool stuff and then they're like, all right, let's revamp it and just make it worse somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess without looking really more into it and i i'm not gonna pretend like i understand the csgo scene very well but to my to my understanding or if to my aspect is i'm not against a concept like this if it is supportable for all the teams that have to sign the exclusive uh, exclusivity 
contract. If it brings it in, if it's can sustain the org, if it can help the org grow, I'm not instantly against it because that is kind of how the Overwatch League and all that kind of stuff works. But it's much bigger scale. There's much more safety in that kind of um, system. So I, I don't understand of it, and it sounds like there's not enough details out on it yet. So I don't want to put in a perspective exactly on which way I lean on it. But if it brings stability to the teams that need it and are participating in it, it's, I don't entirely see it as a bad thing. Because stability in esports is what everyone is striving for. I don't think we can disagree with that. I think if this helps bring more stability to CSGO, that's great. If it brings instability or if it doesn't make a change, I think it's bad. So, so I just need I more mean, information on it. I mean, um, I think unless something is like well-funded by like a lot of the people viewing it. I mean, it, ESL like has AI. been around for a while. I mean, that's funded. Yeah, but they're inherently getting worse and worse and worse. And I mean, just because you're funded by VC doesn't mean that you're sustainable. I mean, that's I mean, all of esports. That's the entire yes, esports bubble yes, except for the international. That is what I'm getting at. None of it except Evo and the international are sustainable. I won't disagree with that at this point. It's hard to tell <laughs> much more, but that sounds like a pretty yeah. safe bet. But I, I don't know. I mean, ESL has been around for a really long time. And, like, back in the day, I used to love their StarCraft stuff. Like, they used to be, like, the dudes. Like, they the like dudes. like they put on DreamHack. Yeah, they, they put on DreamHack and stuff. And DreamHack was amazing. And it's still really good. But ESL keeps, keeps making these decisions of where they're like, let's do weird stuff. Like, make our stuff exclusive. And let's only stream on Facebook. Okay, well, we're done with that. Now let's only stream on Mixer for, for some reason. Like, I don't know. They, they just make really weird decisions all the time. And... I'm just liking them less and less every day. And their parent company, we already talked about them and how they own the esports hall of fame. But I won't go into that. Your conspiracy theories with that? It's not. It's real. It's a conspiracy theory. Follow until the it's breadcrumbs. Until well, if you ever say breadcrumbs in an argument, that's a conspiracy theory. That's the definition of a conspiracy theory. I I will have a live stream of where I will just go from web page to web page, and we will see that it, it just all links together. All right. That is your core life crisis, it sounds like. Um, oh, it's not even the beginning. <laughs> but we are 50 minutes into the show, but I did want to do our mid-show kind of shill, where is if you have Twitch Prime, that means you have – if you have Amazon Prime, that means you have Twitch Prime, which means each and every month you do get a free uh, Twitch subscription not, oh my God, subscription that you can give to any content creator or channel of your choice. And of course we would love that. It helps us pay any freelancers or to go to events or whatever kind of cool content we want to make for you. But on top of that, there's something special going on in September, which is called September, which means that all tier one subs that you do use to subscribe is only $2.50, which is half the price of our normal sub. And it allows you to get all of our modes, all the same features, and it does help us out. And we get all the money. And in that situation, Amazon gets none of the money. So we get the full $2.50 that you're paying is going directly to us and helping any other content creators that we do bring in the organization. So either one of those does help us out a ton. So even if you're on the side of the road and you have Twitch Prime, go and subscribe with it. If you have $2.50 in your cup uh, holder in your car, why not pull that out and throw that our way as well? So whatever you can do to help us, it does now. Just accept it. We live in a fantasy, Dylan. Capitalism is great. $2.50. Take it to the bank first, and then you can pay for it. You can't just give it. You mail it to me. Yeah, you, yeah, you just literally find me on the street and throw it at me, and I will count that what's as a Twitch the, uh, What's the thing you plug in the top of your phone and it swipes? Uh, square. Square reader. Yeah, square. square. So you just put your coins in the square. Exactly. Yeah, just digitizes it. 
Yeah. <laughs> it works, and it shows up at my desk. Um, but actually, if you're going to subscribe any time, this is the month to do it because, like we said, you get 100% of that $2.50. Amazon gets none of it. So if you're going to do it any month, make it this month, please. It is like Dylan's wildest fantasy happening all at once. Sticking it to the man. But um, so with that, let's move into everyone's favorite podcast within a podcast, Project Overwatch, where every time we usually find way too much time to talk about Overwatch in each and every episode of Project Esports. It's been a while since we've done this, but the Overwatch playoffs are going on right now. And of course, those have been some fantastic games. We're not going to go through all those scores and all that kind of stuff. But this is the last weekend of playoffs coming up and the last weekend ever at Blizzard Arena. So if you do have a chance to make it out there, um, this is going to be your last chance to try and do that. Um, otherwise, Grand Finals will be coming up in a couple of weeks, which Dylan and I will be attending, of course. But the couple of things we actually did want to talk about is that the MVP and Rookie of the Year awards will given out. Uh, San Francisco Shock Sinatra won the 2019 Overwatch MVP award. We, I mean, we could really get into if he deserved it and all that kind of stuff. If you wait, want, wait, we did a prediction king for this, didn't we? Yeah, I don't know who was right. I forget. Do you remember? I don't remember doing a prediction king about this. No, we totally did. It was uh no, because we did it when uh you weren't on the show, but we oh, still got your answer. You, we got your answer. Oh, then we can go back and find it somewhere. Um, Where's I, the archives? I totally wasn't ready for that. Um, Haxel from the Toronto, not Toronto, um, the Vancouver Titans won Rookie of the Year. And then the final and big announcement that we can kind of talk about all this in playoffs all in one is that um, we mentioned it earlier, but Overwatch is now officially coming to the Nintendo Switch, which now puts it on every platform except for Ouya. So it's pretty much everywhere. So that's some Overwatch news. I mean, kind of jump around to whatever you guys want to talk about to kind of wrap up the show here the last couple of minutes. But well, I would have really appreciate if you don't bring up the Ouya. I love um, the Ouya. I love the meme. It's it's a sore spot for me. Did you buy um, one? You were part of the backers. No. So. Yeah. Dylan, no. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Ouya. But um, yeah. So I guess how how into the Overwatch League are you, Drew? Oh, right as he coughs. My TB coming up. Hold on. All right. Uh, so I I played a ton of Overwatch when it first came out. Took a huge break. Got it back into it probably like uh, probably like two months ago. Um, so I've, I've gotten back into it and started following a little bit. But I'm going to be completely honest. Like I haven't been following That's as fine. much as you guys. Not even close. First thing I thought about when he said when we were going over MVP is <clears throat> Sinatra. I was a huge fan of the name. Super excited <laughs> about that. I love Frank Sinatra. So I was super excited about that. But I did some research on it. Um, and a lot of stuff they said, you know, and it was the same thing with uh, Haxel as well, is they were able to basically switch, uh, have a lot of uh, versatility as far as DPS and playing off DPS. Yep. Is what, is what I concluded. And I think <laughs> that's huge in kind of any sport. Right in, in League of Legends, like you don't see, you know, jungles going to ADC, right? So yeah. I, I think having that mentality and the versatility is really unique in any sport. And I think that's obviously is what's going to get you, what's going to set you apart. So um, yeah, I, I thought the versatility was, was really cool uh, to see because I've, you know, I have buddies that play and, and I play a little bit and I play more um, kind of like DPS. Um, but you know, I have buddies that will only play Reinhardt, will only play yeah. you know tanks, and so it, it was really cool to see that they're doing that. And the other thing I really liked about uh, what uh, Sinatra had said is that 
he had grown as a person and kind of left that toxicity behind, which I think is huge. And I, I think esports are slowly becoming less of just, you know, kids growing up in, in gaming and becoming, it is that, but it is more competition and business space, which is healthy for uh, the space because that's what's going to allow it to grow. And I think is going to be really good uh, for the sport and you can't, it's hard for someone to sponsor someone that's super toxic, right? And so it's hard for that person and that person's brand to get larger and then in turn grow the space larger. And so, you know, having people treated more as, you know, not a job, because I don't want to say that because it's still pretty epic to have a job like that, right? Yeah. But they treat it more seri- you know, in a more se- serious tone and have it to be more business and, and growing up and, and being more mature, I think, is massive for the sport. And I hope, you know, other players continue to do that for all esports because it's, it's just going to make it more mainstream and grow it. Yeah. And I don't want to take away from either one of them because I think Sinatra definitely is one of the people that definitely deserves it and Haxel too. Um, but I, I still just feel like this has been a little bit of a kind of not a secondhand award, but a lot of doubt kind of placed onto it when we did find out that the results are based off the final selections are based off only the first two stages of four stages in the Overwatch League and that uh, the staff decide in the beginning of stage three. So both the while both of these players are amazing, the fact that they are only made here based off of their first two stages is something I still have a problem with. I am a big fan of Sinatra. He's definitely grown as a person. I definitely think he's one of the people that would have been there even if all four stages happened. But the fact that two stages just weren't taken into account for the MVP of the season or rookie of the year feels weird to me still. But I'm still happy for both of these. I don't want to try to take away from it. But it's still just a problem that I hope is tackled next year. So I, while we were talking, I did some research, and I'm a fair person. I hate to admit it, but Andrew got the Prediction King right for this one. So this was back in, in July. I think at the end of July we did this. Me and James, I know we did the same one. I forget who we did, but I just know that Andrew did say Sinatra. So he, he I think he's just blowing us out of the water with predictions. Yeah, we, we, don't, even, we don't even need to do a prediction uh, rally up at the end of the year. We already know who King. Um. But yeah, so, I mean, yeah, and again, of course, coming to Nintendo Switch, I think that's super cool. I don't think that's really a huge impact on esports or anything, but it's going to bring more people into the general player base, getting more people familiar with the brand, especially with how well the Switch is selling with a different player base um, than other consoles and all that stuff. So I think that's really cool, but... Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think the casual, like, bring next to And Switch has a totally different player base. Like, my wife does not like video games, right? But she's like, I want to get a Switch so bad. You know, so I think that's really cool and that that's really good for Overwatch to bring casuals. Like, granted, she's not going to go out and buy, like, a, a high-end PC and be like, look, I'm going to be on Overwatch all week and don't talk to me. That's yep. never going to happen, right? But she wants to get a Switch and kind of just, you know, hang out on the couch and play. And I, I, It's really good for Overwatch to bring in, like I said, just kind of funnel in more casuals to hopefully get a chunk of those casuals into the PC market and or even just to the Overwatch League ultimately. Yeah, 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 they just go there and never play on PC. That's still a success for them. Yeah. Um, but with that, um, we do have just a couple of honorable mentions to kind of wrap up the end of the show. The sandwich, as Dylan called it at the beginning. Um, I'll save yours for the last one. But the first two I want to talk about was just that Australis. 
Um, setting records in CSGO being unbelievably good. I mean, it's not something we, none of us are super familiar with CSGO, so I want to talk a little bit about it. But they are the first team to ever win four majors, and to do three of them in a row is both just unbelievable and just kind of shows the domination that they're having right there. So I wanted to bring that up for the CSGO fans that we do have because they are just unbelievable that they at least deserve a mention. The second one that just happened or just a couple hours ago is Twitch and the Raiders have announced a partnership for their new stadium. Um, which is going to mean that there is going to be a Twitch lounge in the stadium when it is made. And um, that means there's going to be esports events there. That means there's going to be streamer pods and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's super cool, especially being in Las Vegas. I love seeing that, seeing that partnership there between another traditional team and uh, esports. And then, Dylan, you had just your quick honorable mention. Yeah, so um, just recently, Riot, Epic, and Twitch... So three big hitters um, just formed a new group uh, called the ISFE, which stands for the Interactive Software Federation of Europe. Um, and they're going to be like this independent little group um, that resides in Brussels. And they're going to act as like a, like a main stakeholder for, for a lot of the ways that esports interacts with um, organizations in Europe. So um, if we ever want to get anyone into like the Olympic Games or anything, this would be an organization that is probably in those talks because... They're going to have um, members in there who specialize in these kinds of things. Nice. Um, but with that, um, we are already hitting the hour mark. We had so much to talk about. It was so much fun for all the news that we had to kind of talk about in the discussion. We had a lot of debates going back and forth, which are always my favorite episode. But before we do wrap up, Drew, um, where can people find you? Where can they find your wellness um, for the wellness blog, where they can find you personally, all that kind of stuff? Uh, so you can find me on – I do a lot on Twitter, do a lot of LinkedIn – uh, for the wellness blog on Twitter and LinkedIn, obviously, Drew Schwartz. Um, but yeah, so I'll continue to be doing that. I'm going to start doing a little consulting stuff, and that's going to kind of be in the works. But for right now, probably Twitter and LinkedIn are the best. And then my website is uh, for the wellness blog.com. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you again so much for coming on and taking the slide of James, who is gone at work again, and he'll be gone next week as well. And we will have a special guest on next week as well, which will be Nick from Esports One. Esports One has been a company that we've kind of interacted with a lot growing up. So we'll have him coming on and talking esports with us as well, and also talking about some cool things they're having um, coming up as well. So again, Drew, thank you so much for coming on. But this has been the Project Esports Podcast for September 9th. 2019 make sure to follow our twitter and popped off um and our twitter and our twitch to keep up to date with everything that we do we go live mondays i want to say every single monday but obviously last week uh, we can't say it anymore we we go live mondays at 10 p.m eastern standard time 7 p.m pacific standard time here at twitch.tv slash popped underscore off go to youtube search popped off project esports subscribe to us there uh, so we can get a nice fancy link to you. Andrew Ray made a nice fancy sh- uh, shortened link. Forget what it is though. Poppedoff.com slash YouTube. Yeah, it, you go there. Go there and subscribe, so I can give you a different one that I can actually remember. Um, but yeah, so we would really appreciate it if you guys went to iTunes as well or wherever you listen to this. Give a five star review. Leave a review and five stars. E- either one of those. You're struggling. Sometimes it's like both. No, sometimes it's both. I'm taking up James's thing. Okay uh and and whenever you interact with us it's really great if you want to you know shoot us a tweet dm us message me in in twitch dms and yell at me for having bad takes or andrew for having bad takes um i'll tell you you're wrong andrew will try to talk with you 
<laughs> uh, we have our Discord in, and it's it's some it's in all. The Holy crap! I'm just places. cutting you off. You are done. We are we are wrapping it up because that is the worst outro I have ever heard ever. And if you never want to listen to this podcast again, I would not blame you after that. I don't remember the links. You just made them. You just made the new links. Well, you should have let me take it over. But with that, as always, I am Andrew Nimsgren. I'm Dylan, and I'm Drew. And we'll see you guys all next week for another episode. Thank you all for stopping by, and we love each and every one of you.